Welcome in, folks, to the Wagner Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your co-host, Colin Greeny, joined by my other colleague, Nick Musto. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, what else? Facebook, at Wagner Fantasy. Visit our website, www.wagmefantasy.com. Subscribe to our free newsletter, Winning with Wagme. We're partnered with Ryan Larson from Fantasy for the People. He's a professional writer for the Roto Baller. Um, so we have good content getting to you each week. Nick, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, we're going to just be talking about ambiguous players. Um, that can be defined as players who have maybe had a change in coaching, a change in uh, team, a change in players surrounding them. Um, something that would make us think, oh, we don't really know how to attack this guy. Um, so we're going to try and shed some light on how we think that their positions, their situations will work out for the better or for the worst. Um, and let's get it started here with Debo Samuel. Yeah, Debo. Debo is a tricky player just because we like don't. So who's his starting quarterback going to be? Is it going to be Trey Lance or why is Jimmy Garoppolo still on the team? as of mid-July, um, and, you know, I, I see you noted down the contract situation, how there's going to be disputes, although I'm not going to weigh into that too much because he has reported to OTAs already. I would think if he wants a new contract, he'd be uh, blue balling them yeah. and keeping out. Um, but Debo, like, the biggest thing is how does his role change? Because that was a big thing. The big dispute between him and the 49ers was – that he didn't want to be used as a hybrid as much. He felt like if he's going to be used as a running back, he should get a running back and wide receiver salary. Mm -hmm. um, I'd imagine not his words, but mine. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, what are you concerned about with Debo Samuel and how does it portray vagueness in his value? So he still ended with 1,400 receiving yards last season after switching to what seemed to be more of a running back role than a receiver role it, through the last uh, eight games of the year um, where he racked up, I think it was 49 carries in those games, 49 or 39. I don't know at what point he had 59 on the year. Yeah. 300, like 70. Rush yards. Yeah. Okay. So it was 49 because through the first nine games, he had uh, 10 carries. So that makes sense. Um, yeah, with 1,400 receiving yards and switching to what seemed to be a running back role, I wouldn't be too worried about him if he is going to be um, essentially just a receiver this year. And I don't see that happening in full. I see him yeah. still running the ball maybe 25 times this year, yeah. half as much as he did last year. I mean, uh, two to three carries a game. Those are good numbers. It just adds you more volume for a great player. Um, he is the best yak guy that I've ever seen um, with the ball in his hands. He can't tackle him. Uh, his... he, he reminds me of me on the flag football field. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't doubt that at all. <laughs> you guys have the same quads. Um, but yeah, I, could, I don't see an issue really with Debo wanting to catch the ball more. I don't see him not running it. I see him getting some running work. Um, but I don't see an issue with him receiving the ball. The issue there is Trey Lance. Um, I know that Debo is more than capable of being a pure receiver, but Trey Lance, um, he's essentially a rookie. We saw him uh, three times last year on the field. It was good, bad, was and good. mediocre. Was good. There were there was it was good. He had a five to five touchdowns to one interception, I believe. Okay, well, those good. are fair numbers, but um, I I'm not. The fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team 
makes me curious as to why they haven't done something with it. Yeah, because I, I don't really know what's happened there. No, it's weird. It's the weird. clock's ticking now that Baker Mayfield's starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, um, which we'll mention DJ Moore here after we finish Debo. Um, but Debo, yeah, so he was somebody that after he had one of the worst off seasons for me personally, valuing him, I thought, oh, he's he is going to experience a quarterback change. He doesn't want his role to be the same. He's going to be just phased out in favor of Brandon Ayuk, perhaps as as the uh, hybrid hybrid receiver running back in the offense. But no, after I just did San Francisco's projections in the whole NFC West, it was part of our most recent newsletter. And Debo like shocked me how high he came out. He only had seventy seven catches last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. seventy seven off of one hundred twenty one targets. And he still had over 1,400 yards. His ADOT, yeah, his ADOT is eight and a half yards. So it's not like he's getting downfield and, you know, getting the majority of his yards through the air. It's that they're setting up screens for him and blocking for him really well. Kyle Shanahan is going to get him the ball one way or another uh, eight to ten times a game. Mm -hmm. You know, if you take – I do agree with you. I don't think he's going to go from 59 carries to zero. I see it as maybe one to two a game, right around that 20 to 25 figure. I believe I projected him for 23. Um, and I, but if you take away 30 touches on the ground, he's still an elite wide receiver one last year, but that's not exactly the point. They're going to involve him slightly more, not drastically more throughout the air. They're going to target him maybe a, a half a target more per game, but he's going to get more volume through the air um, if he forfeits some on the ground because Kyle Shanahan, he simply with any smart coach, they're going to get the ball in their playmakers hands. Debo's arguably the best playmaker in the league. I'm not too, I'm not as concerned as I originally was with Debo Samuel. I think he's still a top 10 wide receiver, but how like do you see a scenario where Brandon Ayuk surpasses him? Brandon Ayuk did turn on at the end of last season. He got out of Shanahan's doghouse, which is really what held him back and holds a lot of 49ers back when they end up there. Um, and Ayuk turned it on when he got his chance. Um, he became a very he was a waiver wire pickup in tons of leagues <laughs> because he was just so terrible for the majority of the season. And then if you got him, you were happy with what you were getting. Um and I do see um, him taking a little more of the target share in this offense next season. I think that Debo will become more of a more primarily more of a receiver this year. So I see I see a split. I see probably I don't know off the top of my head. I do have um, projections for both of them. I have I think Samuel at like twenty nine percent target share, and then that's insanely high. It is, but it's it it is, but he's that good. I don't see why. As you said, they're going to try to find ways to get him the ball. He's going to get the screens. He's going to get, um, he's going to get deep shots as well. Um, and Ayuk, I think around like twenty three percent. If Debo catches a ball five times a game, he can easily have eighty yards, and boom, you're at thirteen points right there. Throwing a half a touchdown per game, and he's back into elite, an elite wide receiver territory. Um, but areas of ambiguity with him is that his disgruntlement towards his organization. Uh, we mentioned Allen Robinson, what he taught us and how he wide receivers who are frustrated are going to underperform. I don't really know if that's the case with Debo just because he's returned already to OTAs. Um, but yeah, new, new quarterback, new contract. 
Um, that's on his mind right there. Perhaps a new role. There, there are areas of concern with Debo Samuel. I definitely draft like CeeDee Lamb and probably even Mike Evans over him in that range. Uh, but I would rather, honestly, I'd rather have Debo Samuel than the next guy we're going to talk about, Tyreek Hill. And I am scared of Tyreek in Miami because Tua and Waddle have that rapport built up. Um, they're both going to be on the field a lot. Miami implements a lot of two wide receiver sets, and they're both going to get a large chunk of the target share. Uh, but yeah, Tyreek Hill, he could be the wide receiver too in Miami in all statistical categories, and that kind of throws me off for where he's going. Yeah, career low in yak in 2021 for Tyreek Hill, which does scare me a little bit. It kind of seems like the Chiefs thought, okay, he's starting to decline. Let's get him out while he's still expensive. So they got a big trade for him. They they won that trade for sure, I think, because their Tyreek Hill is replaceable. Um, he ooh, is. Ooh. He is. Tyreek Hill is not replaceable. He is a speedy receiver. There's plenty of small, speedy receivers. I could see Calvin Austin turning into something similar to a Tyreek Hill. No, you can't. Tyreek Hill is one of a kind. He's going to throw up the peace sign and he's going to blaze past you for an 80 yard touchdown. He had drop issue last year. Too. However, he did have Patrick Mahomes, which yes. may have um, contorted him to appear much better than what he actually is. So, I guess, do we know what Tyreek Hill is without Patrick Mahomes? No, we'll find out this year. Uh, I don't see, I don't see really an issue with Tyreek Hill as for like, he's going to be phased out. He's going to be horrible this year. He's with Mike McDaniel, who was the offensive coordinator for the 49ers as of recently. We just mentioned Debo Samuel, Mike McDaniel, um, his offensive guru brain, mm -hmm made Debo Samuel into what his role is. And could we see Tyreek Hill perhaps be used as a hybrid? Maybe I can definitely see him touching the ball in the backfield, but moral of the story is Mike McDaniel is going to get the ball into his playmakers hands. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are both elite playmakers. Waddle is a PPR machine. He's going to get the most volume I would guess, um, especially because he has a history with Tua. Tua went to him often but Tyreek at wide receiver, like seven or eight, where he's gone right now, I don't, you're drafting him at his yeah. ceiling, I think. And with Tyreek, a lot of his, his name was made through the deep balls with Mahomes, and Tua is notoriously scared of deep balls. So I Tyreek's see that being talking a lot more. Yeah, Tyreek said Tyreek that Tua is better than, more goal. accurate than Patrick Mahomes, which I think is a little bit cap. Um, maybe, maybe just a little bit. You think he doesn't finish inside the top 12? No, I don't. I know. I don't think he finished inside the top 12. I think Waddle finishes higher than him. If you put it on a platter and said, all right, take Waddle or Tyreek, I'm going to take Tyreek. Or, sorry, I'm going to take Waddle. I'm going to take Waddle. I don't I, want Tyreek. I, for value, definitely Jalen Waddle because you can get him two and a half yeah. rounds later than Tyreek. Uh, ignore value. Who I, you want. I think ignore value. So I projected Jalen Waddle to outscore Tyreek Hill for this year by eight and a half, nine points. But I don't know. I'd probably pick Tyreek just no, I'm sticking with Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Um, but I do see a world where they both finish as top 12 wide receivers. I can see them finishing 10 and 11, 11, 12, 9 and 10, you know, somewhere around there, back to back, similar to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I think Tyreek and Jalen Waddle will both be used in a variety of ways very uniquely. 
and often. So uh, I don't know if we should be concerned about Tyreek's volume, but it's certainly not going to be 159 targets like he had last year. That is definitely going to regress by a lot. Um, but Tyreek's another player where you're probably drafting him towards the ceiling. I think Debo Samuel has, I don't know, actually, who has higher upside? Who can finish higher in all the ranges of outcomes? If everything goes right. Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, yeah. If everything goes right, I'm I'm taking Debo over Tyreek. Yeah. Debo offers you the rushing upside. We Tyreek Hill might with McDaniel there, but Tyreek Hill will. Yeah. I, th- I think both will actually run it about the same uh as each other this year. Maybe Debo a couple more. Maybe, but I'll take Debo's yak uh, as opposed to Tyreek Hill career low in yak. Well, so Conan from one stat one day, he did meant he let me in on a stat one of his great analytics he's far and away the best analytics guy i've I've met finding unique things tyreek had the most he had more targets than travis kelsey in the short range of the field for the first time ever so that's just interesting um to see them use him a little differently than before i agree debo samuel has higher upside um i think both are risky where they're being drafted right now i can see both finishing as mid wide receiver twos, but more likely towards that low end wide receiver one to high end wide receiver two. Both have very wide range of outcomes. Um, let's just briefly mention DJ Moore. Yeah, more on and, the top of and, and, and how his his frame of value shifts with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Um, so before the trade, I would have said there's not a chance that DJ Moore finishes top 12. And after the trade, I think that there is a tra- chance that DJ Moore finishes top 12. Just a chance. Though. Yes, just a chance. I'm not guaranteeing it by any means, um, but I could see it working out. I think that Sam Darnold is a dumpster fire and Baker Mayfield is not quite a dumpster fire. He's better. He's a He's not middle of the pack. I'd say he's back half, but a very low back half, maybe the uh, the 20th best quarterback in the NFL. I I like Baker. Um, I root for him, but I don't think he moves the needle with DJ Moore that much. I think DJ Moore was going right around wide receiver 18 last year. I think now his ADP is going to be pumped up way too high um, because of this transaction. I I think you're going to be drafting DJ Moore towards the ceiling if he's at wide receiver 14 compared to 18 He's been super consistent over the last three years between 1,157 yards and 1,193 in all three and exactly four touchdowns for the past three years. And I honestly, like even with Baker Mayfield in in there, I don't see all of a sudden DJ Moore posting 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. I think he's going to be right where he was before 1,100 yards, four or five touchdowns and okay. Wide receiver too. I before the transaction had him at like wide receiver 21, I'll probably have him at wide receiver 18 and 19 from low end to mid wide receiver two. I think the best thing about it is that is where he's going is somewhat of a dead zone for receivers. It's yeah. McLaurin, Metcalf, um, Deontay Johnson, the guys that everybody's scared of right now, but there was Michael Pittman and now there's DJ Moore. So there's two guys in that group that I'm really looking to target as my wide receiver too. And if I get my hands on DJ Moore as my wide receiver too, I'd be happy. I, I hope, year. I hope he doesn't become absurdly expensive. I, I yeah. hope his ADP stays about the same. I think it will. Uh, one guy whose ADP is going up, you know, the closer we get to draft day, that's Ezekiel Elliott. He was being far di- too disrespected 
And now he's starting to flow back into that top 15 running backs. He was right around RB 20 for a while, but now he's going at RB 15 and he's, he's another player. We have to mention just how wide the range of outcomes are. He's never finished outside of the top 12 running backs in his career. He's always been an RB one, even with a season where he was suspended six games. So part of me wants to think that Ezekiel Elliott is going to be an RB one once again, um, do I think he is? He's going to be close. Um, part of me also thinks that Tony Pollard is the RB1 in that offense. Pollard jumped in, in all metrics. Pollard was just electric, high, high performing. He averaged 6.2 yards per touch, and he was fifth in juke rate, um, both top five marks. And, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, so as I, I hate Ezekiel Elliott. Um, as much as I'd like to, if I saw him on the street right now, I think I'd like pull over and pants him and then run away <laughs> screaming. But yeah, I, yeah, I have a, a burning hate towards Ezekiel Elliott for what he did to me last year. But as much as I hate him, I'll put my bias aside. I think that he will finish again as a wider or a running uh, RB1 in fantasy football. Um, he receives the ball too much out of the backfield. He's paid too much to not be used. Um, every week there's a new report about, of Jerry Jones saying that Zeke is back. It's feed Zeke time. Uh, Zeke's the guy it's constant. All you hear from him. It's just is, great marketing. Yeah. <laughs> and he's one of the best businessmen in the world. But, um, yeah, I think that Zeke, he, he's, as much as you want to hate him, you have to take him. I, I think that he's going to outperform his ADP this year. Um, he's, he's just paid too much. I don't, I don't see I just don't see a world where Tony Pollard really takes the snap share and the, and the target share and the touches away from him. I like Tony Pollard a lot. I would much rather have Tony Pollard, Pollard at RB 31 than Zeke at RB 17. However, I think both are undervalued. I think both are very important pieces to this offense. You talk about Noah Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup's hurt, um, Cedric Wilson, their starting slot from last year is gone. There's plenty of opportunity for Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. There's reports that Pollard is being used as a, as a scat back and as a wide receiver, uh, which makes sense because he was kind of that hybrid role in college at Memphis. Ezekiel Elliott's, Elliott's the starting running back for the Dallas Cowboys, who have one of the best lines and one of the highest powered offenses. I think he's safer than we think. Yeah. However, his ADP is so low at RB17, it's starting to get floating up towards RB 15. Um, I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to be a top 18 running back regardless, as long as if he's healthy, but I could also see a world where Tony Pollard is the starting running back. Ezekiel, it's phased out a little bit, uh, not because he's not talented. It's just because Tony Pollard is a great running back. His, his metrics jump off the chart. I do. And he's also, sorry, he's also in the last year, of his rookie contract. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the last year. He's, he's affordable for the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to get his money's worth. Yeah. Um, something interesting to note too, is through the first five games of the season, Zeke was on pace for 1500 rushing yards and um, 90 yards per game was his average during that time period. Then the injury happens and he only had 550 yards out of those so 12 games. The injury was week six, yes. week seven. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know when it happened. I don't believe that. I don't believe he was hurt. 
injured. I think does he, that drastic drop not? I think he. An injury I think though? he was hurt, not okay. injured. If he was injured, he simply would not have played all seventeen games, especially when you have a very capable backup and Tony Pollard, and then a decent backup backup and Corey Clement. Like, I, I just don't get why everybody thinks he was actually injured last year when he played in every single game. Could have been an ego thing. I don't know. But I'm, it was – it was there there wasn't much report on it. It was always, oh, Zeke has this meniscus hear, injury. Yeah, yeah, I didn't hear about it until after the season. That's uh, – well, I, I mean, I guess he was questionable. I heard him. about it after I traded for him in week <laughs> six, and then it reports that Zeke's now injured, and I – yeah. Wasted a lot. So we're like looking in this running back, quote unquote, dead zone. Uh, you know, after like the first 14 running backs, there's kind of like a drop off. There's a drop off in the hit rate. We'll mm-hmm. say like it, it's a 50 50 shot, whether Zeke's a great running back or a bad running back. And then the guy that he's going back to back with, Cam Akers, there's like an, another high percentage split between great and awful. And I'm on the side of the fence where Cam Akers, even though I went through the Rams projections and I have him on par with where he's being drafted. So that's probably the most likely outcome, but I'm very concerned about Cam Akers because he's returning from that Achilles injury. He looked God awful in the playoffs. He averaged less than two and a half yards per touch. Uh, You have Daryl Henderson there who is a very talented backup running back. Not great, but good. He should be a starter is how I feel. Um, Akers assumed to be starting above Daryl Henderson, but if there's poor performance in there early on, I would not be surprised if Hendo takes over that spot. We know how valuable the Los Angeles Rams RB1 spot is. Um, You saw, I believe in 15 different games last year, Sony Michelle or Daryl Henderson posted a snap share of over 80 percent actually now 66 percent sorry but most of them were above 80 percent um that's like elite of the elite yeah the moment henderson went out sony michelle was a locked and loaded starter on every roster that he was owned on so yeah you want the number one running back in la um and i i i lean towards the possibility of cam Akers being phased out i think that daryl henderson offers just a more efficient player at this point he has two intact achilles and achilles um are running back killers so i'm not spending any sort of pick on cam Akers in any drafts that i'm going through if cam Akers and zeke are right next to each other who do you take it's zeke for me every single time easily ezekiel elliott uh cam Akers is just too much of a risk and i see people saying he's got top five upside yes he does he does have that todd Gurley upside if, yeah. if you will um, but I just don't think he's as talented of a running back as the elite running backs. Everybody acts as if he was an insane rookie. Um, he wasn't, he was good, not great. He had the Cam Akers game or two where he had 200 yards, yeah. um, but he averaged 4.3 yards per carry on the year. Those are solid marks. Those are pretty good marks, but they're not great marks. Hendo averaged 4.6 yards per carry last year. Um, I, I, and we saw how putrid his playoff performance was. We have a lot of negative tone towards Cam Akers. Maybe we're too low on him. However, I did do crunch the numbers. I have him right around RB 17 where he's being drafted. He's very ambiguous. Some people think he can go top five. Other people think he's outside the top 25. 
I would, if I were a betting man, I would say it's more likely that he's outside the top 25 and Daryl Henderson is within 50 carries on the year than not. Yeah. I think that there it is, it's more likely that we're low on Cam Akers because if he can post 4.2 yards per carry this year, he's going to stay as the the main guy on the offense and he's going to put up great numbers because the offense is too good. He's going to score touchdowns, even though score a touchdown every week from the running back position. And yeah, that's what happened with Michelle and Henderson last year in Akers absence. So yes, if Cam Akers can just get by, he's going to be good and useful just because of the position that he's in on that team. He's somebody that if I had like Jonathan Taylor, actually, no, I don't know where I would take Cam Akers. If he was I'm my, not if he was my <laughs> third, I would maybe consider taking him as my third running back in the top three rounds. If I went zero wide receiver, it all depends who's on the board there. But yeah, I'd, Elijah Mitchell. I generally, oof, you're Elijah Mitchell, oh, yeah. and I would love Eli Mitchell just because he's around later for the value. Um, moral of the story: yeah. We're avoiding Cam Akers. He's very ambiguous, and his range of outcomes is very wide. It does include that elite running back season, but I just I think it's much more certain taking a player like Ezekiel Elliott, who's ambiguous in his value than is cam Akers. the the floor is much lower let's talk about so in the last couple of minutes let's talk about the seattle wide receivers we have dk metcalf tyler lockett dk is going like wide receiver 18 ish mm-hmm. and tyler lockett's going around wide receiver 33 yeah so long. i don't they have been separated by less than six points for the past two years I don't understand why they're all of a sudden huge marginal gap in between them. I think the main thing with that is everybody believes that Tyler Lockett was had this amazing connection with Russell Wilson, which he did, but it wasn't the only reason that Tyler Lockett is good. Tyler Lockett was making insane catches every week. The guy is a great receiver. He's great. I see. I personally, I think he's a better receiver than DK Metcalf, but the reason behind it is DK offers a bigger body to him poor quarterback play whoever it is smith um lock or maybe jimmy garoppolo depending on how things go but um i don't see them giving no their divisional rival a starting quarterback it could happen but yeah i I don't know that's Um, pretty much the only location for jimmy g to go to though so i could there is a world that it happens but i I think dk sorry to cut you off but i think dk like he he's being overdrafted. Ty Lockett's being re- relatively underdrafted, but both are going to finish in that middle of the wide receiver three range. Mm-hmm. And you're paying way too much for DK. Yeah. So I just think that with DK, he offers that larger target wingspan, just simple passes are what DK makes his money on. He's not the route runner. He's not the deep threat that Lockett is. And for Lockett to be, um productive you need a quarterback who's capable of supplying those difficult passes i feel like um yeah uh, dk like people are drafting him with the hopes that he's another he has another top 12 wide receiver season in him top 15 but yeah his name's dk midcalf for a reason um quarterbacks let's last mention aaron Mm -hmm. Rodgers. he is going around qb 10 right now eight to ten i've seen him at um he's somebody that i have trouble drafting if if i were on the clock and i were deciding between like him and tom brady just because he's got a, one of the worst wide receiver cores i've seen mm-hmm. on a reigning 
you know, Super Bowl contending team. Like yeah. it, it is putrid the receiver talent he has, but it's Aaron Rodgers. So what do we make of that? Isn't it crazy that you're saying that basically from the loss of Devontae Adams? Yeah. Is now, I, mean, I mean, MBS is gone, but like MBS is still a depth piece. But, guess, but, but yeah, it is. It's a big difference. I mean, when you lose the best wide receiver in football, it leaves a glaring hole where he, yeah. where he walks away from. I think Aaron Rodgers is magical and he's probably going to finish around a low end QB one, but I could also see in the range of outcomes, him just saying, fuck it. I'm tired of this and playing half acidly. Um, if things don't go well, I can see green Bay being a frustrate, having a frustrating season. I can see them not winning their division. Things are going sour and Aaron Rodgers. We know how, he he can act as a teammate. I could see him quitting on his team also. I could see that happening, but I just think that he is too good. Um, I, I think that there are capable receivers to support him. I think he uh, there's a chance, yeah, he finishes what you just said. He, he plays half-assed. It's a small chance. Or he though. wins MVP again. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a back-to-back reigning MVP yeah. winner. Um, he did lose his offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, mm-hmm. but – in the end, I think Aaron Rodgers is a special talent, and he's gonna he's gonna be relatively safe. You don't want to reach for him as your starting quarterback. You want him to fall in your lap. I'd rather have Tom Brady than him going right around there. Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, all those names I'd rather have than Rodgers. Um, but I would take Aaron Rodgers over Trey Lance, who we briefly mentioned earlier, and we'll mention again. I don't even know if Trey Lance is going to be the starter. If he is, he's got top. The rushing upside. Yeah, he's great. got he's got the rushing upside to turn in arguably the top overall quarterback finish for the year, similar to how Lamar Jackson stepped up in his first full year as a starter. Uh, Trey Lance has the upside to finish as a top five quarterback, but he doesn't even have the job certainty to be a starting quarterback. Yeah. So I think he's a really tough draft right now, and he's tough to value. Until we get more clarity with who the starting quarterback in San Francisco is, I'd avoid Trey Lance in all formats. Um, not unless if he's falling to like round 14 or 15, then why not take him? He's got the upside. And I would avoid Debo Samuel at his current price of wide receiver six. Would you rather take a shot on Lance or Justin Fields? Well, right now I'd rather have Justin Fields. Well, because but, you don't know if Lance yeah. is the starter. But if but, I knew Trey Lance was the starter, okay. I would definitely rather have Trey Lance. He's in an offense yeah. tailored for success. I mean, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy G had 3,800 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 picks last year, or maybe eight picks, I forget. But either way, Kyle Shanahan sets up the offense for the quarterback to secede. We see them play very shallow, mm-hmm. throw screens, block, get the ball in your playmaker's hands and block and get downfield. We'll do more of these because yeah, like these, these um, ambiguous players, they're hard players to gauge. And maybe if we just talk it through, we'll, we'll give you a clear answer as to where you should draft them. I didn't even come in with an answer for Zeke before we started. This. Not even, not <laughs> I, I like had statistics and reasoning for both sides, but I mean, he's, he's a guy that I think he's just getting name fatigue drawn yeah. with him. I think he's been an RB one all his life and he's going to, give us at least one more RB1 season and people don't want that to happen. He's going to fall off someday, but I don't think it's this year. One day, follow us on our socials, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, at Wagging Fantasy. Visit our website, 
wagonyfantasy.com. We are done today, folks. We'll see you next time.